got a hold of Ezekiel. Ezekiel was a pastor. He was a preacher, a prophet. And he was spending time with God. And God got a hold of him. God grabs him and says, I have a job for you, son. I've got some things to show you. And he took Ezekiel to the scene of a great battle. Now, the Bible does not tell us this. I want you to know this is from the book of Tony. But these bones were dried out. They had been there for a long time. It would appear that they were Israelites, as if you read it, you'll find out they, they were Israelites. It would appear that he was back at the scene of the battle where the Israelites were taken into captivity. It would make sense. The Babylonians, when they had conquered him, left the bodies. They didn't bury him. And now we see a horrible, gruesome battlefield. You see, arms were cut off and they were over here. That's what happens in battle. Legs cut off and they're over here, separated from the body. Torsos from the lower body, heads cut off. They're scattered about. What the battle didn't do, then scavenging animals would have done. Nature would have done. And no bones were attached. As I understand it, there's near 200 bones in a normal person's body. Imagine, because this is, it later says it's a great army, there would have been thousands of people slaughtered here on this battlefield. And now their bones are scattered all over the place. None of them attached. And potentially, because they were in captivity for around 50 years, potentially it's been 50 years. They're decaying. They're so far from life that they're disappearing. They're near gone. When you look at how this, had, this gruesomeness had been, how it was scavenged, how it was, these bodies were destroyed. They were gone. It reminds me, and I believe the scenario fits, of life. Maybe it's your life. If not, it's those lives around you. You don't have to go far. You probably don't have to leave this sanctuary. Somebody feels like they lost an arm or a leg. They lost a marriage. They've lost children. They've lost family members. They've lost themselves. And their bones are scattered on the battlefield of life. Look around you. Somebody probably within arm reach of you, certainly you know people. Where you work, where you live, whatever it is, maybe it's your life. But life's not fair. And it's beat us up. And it's cut off an arm or it's cut off a leg. It's cut off a child. We feel like we've lost things and we have. And that's what we were seeing here. That's what's going on on this battlefield. This group of people had been slaughtered and scattered and life wasn't fair. You see, they were killed in the prime of life. You don't send old soldiers to war. These were men that were in the prime of life. And they've been struck down. 
as God walks Ezekiel through this, because it says it walked him around and through it, a valley of thousands of these people. As he walks him through it, God asks him a question that only God could answer. He says, Ezekiel, can these bones live? And Ezekiel's smart enough not to give him some theological answer. He says, God, you know. I don't. God, you know. And God begins to tell him what he's going to do. What I found amazing here is when God does his work, he uses a man here on earth. God didn't need Ezekiel. Ezekiel. Ezekiel was not that special. But God chose a man to do his work through. He does that here on earth. He, cry, he uses us. He calls us. And as I begin to study through this, as he, God gives a command to, to prophesy, but he wouldn't have prophesied had not he answered that call. Had he not answered when God called him. And, and I remember when God called me. I'll never forget it. It was feed my sheep. And immediately I thought, no, God, not me. I mean, I'll help somebody feed the sheep, but I'm not the one. And it was a year. I, I talked to my pastor. I talked with my wife. And I just couldn't believe that God could use me, that he could call me. And I, I just remember after a year, God then really put such a conviction on my heart. Just, I couldn't get away from it. I could never get away from that call. And finally, one day, driving into the sunrise at about 6.30 in the morning, I said, yes, God, whatever it is. Uh, this is miserable. I, I was afraid that I would step out and, and that I would be doing it in my own flesh, that I was something I wanted when I knew I didn't. I wasn't trying to, and yet I was afraid to go forward. And God laid that on my heart, and I finally one morning said yes. But I said, God, as though the call wasn't enough, please, please solidify that. God, let me know that I really am called, that I'm really supposed to be in ministry. And I went on to work. At lunchtime, I sat down and began to read my Bible. And it wasn't a, a it was kind of like Chris as he was led to a scripture. I was led to a scripture. It wasn't one that I even, I had heard it, but I had never known it was there really to specifically uh, look at it. But in Jeremiah, the first chapter, verses 4 through 10, God gave me my call. He said, now the word of the Lord come to me, came to me saying, before I formed you in the womb, I was over 40 years old, but God knew. He formed me in the womb. He knew. Before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. Then I said, oh, Lord God, behold, I do not know how to speak, for I'm only a youth. But the Lord said to me, do not say, I am only a youth. For to all whom I send you, you shall go. And whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of them. For I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord put out his hand and touched my mouth. 
And the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See, I have set you this day over the nations and over kingdoms to pluck out and to break down, to destroy, to overthrow, to build, and to plant. And I remember reading that, and I was stunned. And I sat and looked at it for a minute, and I knew that was the answer. And I just leaned back and began to weep and to pray and thank God that he would specifically take the time to let me know what he wanted me to do. And I just wonder as I look across the crowd this morning, who's not answering that call? Who is it that's not answered the call that God's given on you? Are you sincerely listening to him? You see, Ezekiel was called and he answered. He was spending time with God. And now God has decided to use him in a way that Ezekiel is incapable of. By the way, on his own, Ezekiel couldn't put two bones together. He doesn't know where they're at. He doesn't know. He doesn't, he doesn't know who it would fit. He would have put my leg on AJ and he'd have limped for days. He'd have been too short. That's how he couldn't put the first two bones together. He wasn't capable of it. But God decided to work through and chose Ezekiel. And he wants to work through you. If you're a Christian this morning, he's called you. Have you answered that call? Are you answering that call? And what are you going to do about it? He has a plan. And God had a plan. And he told, he told Ezekiel, he said to prophesy. And he began to prophesy. You know, the thing about Ezekiel is he didn't preach until he was told to. He didn't say a word until God told him to. And we'll see, he said nothing more and nothing less than what God told him to. He was listening. He was spending time with God. He began to preach. And as he began to preach to these bones, they began to rattle. Now, I'm assuming that when they begin to rattle and to come together, that Ezekiel had to get out of the way. Because somebody's leg was across the valley, and here it comes. It's going to get hooked up. And an arm is over here, and a head's over there, and a torso's here, and pieces are going everywhere, fingers and toes. They've been scattered. And God begins to work. Let me tell you something. When God begins to work, and he begins to pull the bones together, <laughs> things begin to rattle. Can I just tell you, it was alluded to in the worship time, there's some bones rattling. There's some bones that are rattling in our services, in our church. There's some things that are happening. Can you hear them? Can you hear it? Is God talking to you? Are you listening? Can you be a part of that? And they begin to move. They came together. But once they got together, they're still no good. They're just a skeleton. They're not even held together. If you picked one up, he'd fall apart. So what does God do? He begins to wrap sinew, ligaments, tendons come to it. It's covered with muscle, and now it has skin on it. Now we've got skin. We've got a body. A lifeless corpse. Worthless in this world. And I'm going to tell you that our churches, our church, has got a few lifeless corpses in it. 
Let's be honest and let's be honest with ourselves. There's a few people. Maybe there's a lot of us. God help it not be me. That have come to church and the bones begin to come together and things feel a little bit better and we, we look better and we act better and we feel a little bit better but when we walk out of here we're a dead corpse. We're not helping anybody. We're really worthless in God's kingdom and that's exactly what we've got here. Thousands, a whole army have come together. And not only that, and let me warn people, if you stay in that state, you'll do one of two things. You'll either be ripe and rotting, or you'll be green and growing. I want to be green and growing. I want to be following God's will. I want you to be able to use me. I don't want to be found to be a dead corpse, covered with all the things that make us look right but lifeless, really worthless in life. And that's what we have, a whole army, a whole group of people. But God's not done with them. He tells Ezekiel to preach again. See, Ezekiel preached three sermons this day. He tells him to preach again. This time he says, call the wind. And the wind is the Spirit of God. See, God was going to fill this army with His Spirit, this exceeding great army. He's not going to just give them some breath, but he's going to fill them. He said to pull from the four winds, the four corners of the earth. When Ezekiel preached this time, the Spirit of God showed up. And we've begun to see that up and down the aisles in our church. God is stirring the waters, so to speak. God has begun to move. It happens from time to time. And we begin to see that lately. Let's not waste it. That's why I believe God has given this sermon. The one last week followed with this. God is raising his army. An exceeding great army. He talks about it in Joel chapter 2 uh, verses 11 uh, through 13. I marked it so I could get there quick. The Lord utters his voice, uh, verse 11, says the Lord utters his voice before his army, for his camp is exceedingly great. He who executes his word is powerful, for the day of the Lord is great and very awesome. Who could endure it? Yet even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart. He's talking to us, us dry bones, to return to with our, all our heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning, and rend your hearts and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. He relents over disaster. I want to go back to that 12th verse. You see, just a few weeks ago, we started a fast. We began to fast as a church, a called fast. And he talks about it right here. Uh, for us to return with all our hearts, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning, to rend our hearts, not our clothes. Not to make a show of it, but to get on our knees and begin to pray. And I want to just put a plug and add to the plug that Chris gave earlier. Four years ago, uh, and, it, and it happened before, and it wasn't just one, but God called a prayer meeting. And people began to show up here at 10 o'clock. Really, it started showing up at midnight on Saturday nights to pray for the services on Sunday morning. 
Let me tell you something right now. If you're hearing a visitor, a brand new person, you've never been here before, you should know that there was prayer for you last night right here. Maybe in other places too. But I'm telling you right now, you were prayed for. Because you have a divine meeting with God right here this morning. And I'm sure that there were other people in other places that were crying out to God about this service this morning. Lord only knows I needed a lot of prayer. And you did too. God is here this morning in part in honor of that. And you're here this morning. We pray for the people that might not even know they were going to be here. But they're here this morning. Why? God divined a time for you to be here and to meet with him. Listen, to that, that uh, uh, fast was 21 days. They say it takes 21 days to create a new habit. If you created a new habit, don't stop now. It's just getting started. The blessings are just beginning to flow. Four years ago, uh, we had a, a prayer meeting, as I said, that was started here in the church. And during that time, God was moving. It's not what man did. No man did it, but God began to move. And the reason that you're sitting in the second service this morning is because three months later, we had to have two services. We didn't even know where all the people came from. I don't think any of could invite that many people. Why? Set yourself on fire and people come to see you burn. Begin to obey God. Begin to cry out to Him to admit our faults, but to cry out and beg God to move in spite of all the mistakes that we make. And He did begin to move, and He has, and He's continued to. But there's a new and a fresh. I've talked to several around the church, and you can feel it. You can see it. God is moving right now. He moves stronger from one time to another. I don't understand why. But don't miss it. In church, it's important that we get our dry bones where God can raise them up and he can bring them back together. He can begin to bind them. He'll bind us together as a church even. So important. Let's don't miss that. He is raising an army, a mighty army. We look around and we see the slaughter that goes on. And yet, God is raising a mighty army. An army that is going to take his gospel, that's going to take his kingdom and grow it. God said, son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. You see, as he had raised this army up, all of Israel was in captivity they were in Babylonian captivity. And here's what uh, God has uh, said. That he had heard their cry. Their cry was this. Our bones are dried up. Our hope is lost. And we are indeed cut off. You see, they had an inheritance. They had lived in Israel. They had, 50 years before, they had known what it was to really serve God, to, to live in the land of milk and honey. And now they've been carried off and they're hopeless. If we are to be an exceeding great army as we're raised up, we have to look around for those hopeless. Those people that are helpless, hopeless. Life has beat them down. It's important that we as God's army 
are called and we go. And we uh, tell the world what Jesus has done for us. God's plan for his revived army. See, he didn't just go in and do something for them. He didn't just bring them back together, put them back together, raise them up and give them life and put his spirit in them. Now he has a plan for his army. And he gives the plan. He shares it here. It's the third sermon that he has. Ezekiel, the man who couldn't do anything, but he did God's will. God sent him. Here's what he had to say. Verses 12, 13, and 14. Thus says the Lord God, behold, I will open your graves and raise you from your graves. We're talking about hopeless, helpless, lost people. Oh, my people, I will bring you into the land of Israel. He was going to bring them out of Babylonian captivity and give them their land back. And we see it often here, thank God. Lives begin to be put back together. Listen, they don't get put back together and then God saves them. We see people get saved. We see lives changed. And then those changes begin to happen. And God begins to work in miraculous ways. And then he sends those people. They're some of the greatest ambassadors ever. Those that have, Joplin talked about it on Wednesday night, been saved for the most, sometimes will be the most fervent to go out and to share and to teach. We all should be doing that. Says, and I shall know, and you shall know, and this is what God wants us to know, that I am the Lord when I open your graves and raise you from your graves, oh my people. We are to worship Him. It's what we were doing just a few minutes ago. I love to worship the Lord. Man, it's exciting. <laughs> when God's Spirit begins to move back and forth and up and down, that's the army I want to be in. I've read the back of the book and I know how it goes. I know how it ends. But man, it's exciting to worship the Lord, worship with you, and to see Him work. Verse 14 says, And I will put my Spirit within you, and you shall live. And I will place you in your own land. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. I have spoken. I will do it. Declares the Lord. Declares the Lord. Chris, if you would come. That'd take me a long time to get set. God has declared. Folks, it's up to us. It's up to us to allow God to send us. It's up to us to allow God to begin to put us back together.